for the first podcast of 2018. I am thrilled to announce it's my dear friend and somebody that I just admire and respect because I just, how can you not? Diane Sanfilippo is the first guest of the year for Meathead Hippie. And if you don't know her, you're going to love her. When I first met her at Paleo FX, which we actually talk about, um, she's just so honest and real and gives zero fuzz because she's on a mission. She wants to help people. She just had a, a book launch. She does a similar program to the 21 Day MFIT Challenge, but really focusing on fully cutting sugar. And I just, this book, she sent it to me. I love it. The recipes are beautiful. It's something that even if you're a part of the challenge or if you're not part of the challenge, or if you just need some support and guidance cutting sugar, I think it's a great resource. And so I'm really glad that she's on. It's kind of perfect timing because my challenge just launched and it's not too late to jump in. You will be a day late since we launched January 2nd, but we are still taking people on and counting points and doing what you need to do to get healthy for 2018. Um, I can't wait to crush this year. I know all of us, everyone I've talked to feels motivated and excited and just refreshed. New Year's are needed. <laughs> and, um, I, I think this year is going to be the best ever. Some, a little bit of, uh, announcements. All I have to tell you is my current obsession, which I sometimes remember to do, but January 1st was a full moon. It was a super moon. One of my ambassadors, Belle, we went to Costa Rica on a retreat and she had this book and this book was just this like moon Bible and it's recreated every six months because what it does is it goes through the cycles of the moon, specifically the full moon and kind of these affirmations that you can do with the moon and kind of the energy. I don't know, you know, I didn't really believe in full moon energy until I got a cat <laughs> and Griff just has proved to me that full moon energy is real. I mean, if you've ever been around a cat on a full moon, but very specific full moons. So like sometimes he's crazy, but last night he was so lovey and that's so what the moon was about. It was about love and Anyway, this book is cool because I don't really know a lot about it, but I want to know a lot about it. And um, the affirmation was, as my self-love grows, so does my intuition. And um, I thought that was so good because it's so true. When you learn how to respect yourself and love yourself, you get back to that gut instinct, which, oh, that's my favorite phrase is trusting your gut instinct. Um, anyway, okay, that's my full moon. That's all I have to say. It's my obsession this book about the moon and I will make sure that every podcast, whether it's before or after try, I'll try to do before for the full moons coming up so that you guys can do the affirmations with me. But I always post on my Instagram story. So if you're interested, um, follow me on Instagram, Emily Shum. Okay. Enjoy with Diane and fan have a fantastic first week of 2018. <laughs> I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. Uh, I feel so spoiled, Diane, because I've gotten to talk to you so much the last couple months. I was on your podcast. Then you were on my new body awareness project that's coming up, and now you're on Meathead Hippie. 
Yay. Which I love the name. This is awesome. Do you consider yourself a meathead hippie? A little bit. Like baby on both fronts. Yeah. I, I mean, I've definitely seen some of it. I talked about this a little bit in your lap, in your podcast about your former gymnast. You were a meathead. You were, your back was ripped. I, I have had my moments where I was more meatheady and Scott, my husband and I have talked about like how much of hippies are we? Like how crunchy are we? We were trying to determine on a one to 10 scales a couple of weeks ago because we live in San Francisco where there's both like the tech geeky people and then like some super crunchy people which i'm sure it's kind of like that also in denver yes yeah, and so we determined that we're only like a four or so on the crunch hippie scale I four think. is good yeah what is like the what makes crunch crunch i guess it's like a lot of it's the clothes and potentially some people think the smell of your i get a point for not washing my hair that often for sure thank god for dry shampoo or just a, a, a pineapple and not caring also. I mean, all of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. Well, you have a huge week this week. You just launched your book yesterday um, and I'm holding it and I'm going to take beautiful Yay. pictures of it because it's beautiful. This is so Thank fun. You. 21 Days Sugar Detox Daily Guide. Um, I want to dig in because this is perfect timing especially because we have some of my January 2nd challengers listening in people cutting sugar for the first time, New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, it's the time. It's the time. This is definitely the time. And I would love to know your story of, you know, we're going to get into it all about your former corporate world life and getting into nutrition. And then also just the kind of the way that you think about nutrition now, it's not this all or nothing thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't suggest living this strict lifestyle day in, day out. And so I'm just really excited to talk with you. And um, I guess the best place to start for you personally, do you, ha- do you set goals for 2018 um, or New Year's goals? You know, I would say normally I do that more. It's kind of funny because I will be touring this entire month almost on and off. So, you know, it's like my goal while I'm touring is to kind of keep my, <laughs> my sanity and my sleep schedule and really just protect my own health. So mm-hmm. It's not really for the whole year, but I'm I'm kind of laser focused, lasers, laser focused on the first month to six weeks in that way. And because that's so much intensity, I can't really see past that yet, if that makes sense. Yep. That makes sense. There's so many places to go and people to meet and all of that, that I can't start thinking like, what am I doing all year? So yeah, that's kind of, but usually, um, I, I do try and think about like what's a word I want to focus on or a theme or something like that. And one way I kind of, I guess, make that real is with my planner each year. Mm -hmm. So last year on the cover of my planner, it's like a monthly, I get one from Erin Condren, but there's like a million, you know, planners people use. It said, be vibrant. I'm not sure that I embodied that last year. Maybe I did, (laughs) but this year, the one, the, phrase that I put on it was you become what you think about. And Uh, so, you know, stuff like that, that I just, I want to remind myself of and kind of keep that close all the time. Like little mom, it's more of mantras than it is set goals. Yeah. Because I'm a rebel and I think you are too. It's like, Mm -hmm. if I set a goal, I tried to set a goal recently. I, I I'm working with a trainer who's really more of like holistic approach 
mm-hmm. coach, um, actually Jenny Labaugh, I was like, I'm sorry, I haven't done these workouts, but I'm actually were, feeling amazing. You're because, working now with Jenny Labaugh? I mean, she's, she's creating some pro- programming for me. But she's like, girl, I'm not here to just throw workouts at you. Like if your sleep is what needs to be worked on, then we are going to work with that. And, you know, it's just funny because I can set this goal like, okay, great. I've got a couple months before I go on tour. I'm going to be training regularly. And then what ends up happening is my sleep just took over and I like thought I was setting this goal. And then it turned out my body was saying no. So on the tip of body awareness, you know, just kind of paying attention to what's making me feel good. So, yeah, I mean, not helpful for everyone when I am just so rebellious about it, but talk to me. Um, when, when did you get into Gretchen Rubin and that kind of rebel? Like, I know you talk about that a lot and we actually talked about this in the body awareness project, so we don't have to get too much, but for you Mm -hmm. to, to find out that you were a rebel, was that like a really good, uh, sense of relief almost like, Oh, I'm not crazy. Like I do have this tendency to go against what I intuitively maybe know is best for me. Yeah. I guess it was helpful to put a name to it because Mm -hmm. before that I just felt a little bit, I felt really immature. Mm -hmm. Like why can't I just do this thing by this deadline that somebody has given me? Like, why can't I just do the thing? Yes. And and also other people who are looking from the outside would be like, Diane, you do so much. You get so much done. So if from the outside, it appears that I get a lot done yet from the inside, I feel like I'm not getting anything done. Something's going right, but it's just not the way that everybody does things. So, you know, yeah, that was really helpful for me because I think self-awareness is really important. And it's definitely something that I know you and I both obviously see very eye to eye on that. That's one of the reasons why with um, writing a new book on a program that I wrote, you know, the original program seven plus years ago now, but writing a new book on it and having a lot more mindset focus and having a lot more like finding what works for you because we are all different in a lot of ways. That was a really important part for me to kind of work into it when it came to helping people think about things differently as they go through the program. So I love that. Tell me about your first journey with cutting sugar. Uh, (laughs) You know, I know this is a lot of people. They're like brand new to this. They don't, you know, they don't understand what's about to happen to their body and kind of the withdrawal slash mental component, especially from the rebel mentality that we have. Like we, if someone tells me what to do, I won't do it. But if I make the decision to do it, I'm all in. So um, I just want to hear your story of the, how this program started and are honestly your own journey with the program. Yeah. So I always knew that something was wrong with my blood sugar. I just thought I was hypoglycemic and I didn't know that I was, what I was eating was causing that reaction in my body because everyone around me ate granola bars or whatever else too, you know, and they didn't seem so affected. But I don't know. Maybe they were, they just didn't. They weren't as verbal about it. exactly. (laughs) So I was always the one that when we would be waiting for a restaurant, like waiting for a table and they would say it would be 15 minutes, but then it would turn out to be longer. My friends were like, someone get her a granola bar. She is back to the granola bar. Like she's going to pass out. I would carry them in my purse. You remember those little like chewy Quaker with the chocolate chips? Oh yeah. Of course. From my memory, those are really (laughs) delicious, but that was not helping anything. (laughs) So much sugar. 
but I used to carry that stuff around because I didn't know that I could, I couldn't leave the house for more than one to two hours without something in my purse. Now, what's so funny is that now I'll throw hundred percent dark chocolate, like some sea snacks and a kombucha in my car to go on an appointment. And then I don't even touch any of them, but it's like, I'm still stuck in that. I might need a snack, just but actually case. I don't just in case, but then <laughs> who doesn't love a snack, but <laughs> I, didn't, I don't even eat them. I like um, the iodine that you use the sea snack. Of is- course. <laughs> You need your iodine for your well, thyroid. Uh, <laughs> so that was just to give people that context. Like that was where I was at, you know, like I had that feeling couldn't be in target because, you know, you'll be there for a while and God forbid you don't have a snack. So, you know, later, many years later, studying nutrition and starting to get into this stuff, I was following a program that was just like a loosely created, Hey, let's not eat sugar for 21 days. And I know a lot of people have done this, like you know, years ago, people did a paleo challenge. Rob Wolf's like, just try it for 30 days, you know? So it wasn't, it wasn't formalized. It wasn't written anywhere. It was literally like, Hey, I'm going to try this and we're not going to eat this stuff. And I don't even think to my rebel nature, I don't even think I actually did exactly what she said. Like she was eating sprouted green bread and I'm like, eh, I'm not going to do that, you know? So I kind of paved my own way with it, but it was the initial motivation and inspiration. And then I sat down shortly after that, I had been studying nutrition for a while and I was certified in holistic nutrition, but we had just gotten into some of the blood sugar stuff. And I sat down and I, I wrote it out. I was like, here's a program that people can follow. I think it's really going to help because what happened to me was right after the 21 days, I mean, I know exactly where I was. I was here in San Francisco in my neighborhood. There was a candy store and I was the candy girl for forever. I mean, now dried mango is like the ultimate sweet and sour, chewy replacement, which sounds absurd. Like 10 years ago, if you had told me that, I'd be like, no, give me the Sour Patch Kid. (laughs) But I love dried mango now for that reason. But I went to this candy store and I probably bought a bunch of, you know, scoop some of this into the bag, scoop some of that. And I ate that like the day 22 after not eating sugar for three weeks. I had this moment where I was standing in my kitchen. I don't know if everybody listening has seen this episode of Sex in the City where Miranda (laughs) talks about like, she's going to pass out and die in her apartment and no one's going to find her. And just, she's there with her cat. I was like, that's going to happen to me because I thought I was going to pass out because my blood sugar went so high and then crashed so low because I hadn't been eating sugar. And that actually gave me this really intense awareness of what this stuff was doing in my body because I wasn't eating it. And then I ate probably an amount of sugar that I would have eaten another day. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, Oh, that was to an extreme. No, that was, and I was fit. I was, you know, I didn't, I wasn't overweight. Like I, so this had nothing to do with weight. I was told, I mean, from the outside, I was healthy and lean and all of that. Um, but that was just a moment that I remember I was reaching for, I had raw milk in my fridge at the time. I was like, I need something to get my blood sugar back up. That leveled me out, but that was crazy. Yeah, that, that was definitely crazy. a crazy moment. Yeah, I had this horrible relapse. So I did Rob Wolf 30 days. I was like, I'm going to just, just go cold turkey, see what happens, figure mm-hmm. it out. And the day 31, my friends and I went on a camping trip and I had s'mores for the first time. And mm-hmm. also this like black tea lemonade, like Arnold Sweet Palmer, yeah. but, but it was alcohol as well. The next day, I, I, it was the worst from every angle of my body, it was just complete chaos and death. Like I just thought I had food poisoning. I was going to, my friends were like, we have to take you to the hospital. I'm like, 
no, I'm fine. It's just a food reaction. I swear. And that was the moment for me of like, Oh my God, this food is just, it's not just a fun thing. Like let's just get a little healthier. It's like, what is happening to my body? Hmm. Yeah. And when people, you know, I usually try and caution people against doing what we did, but for, for rebels, it's actually not the worst to go through that experience because we're like, no, no, this is really the consequence of those actions. But for most people easing back in, Mm -hmm. they can figure out. And that is something that I guide people through now in this book, like with the post detox week, it's reintroducing foods. And people ask me, why would you have me reintroduce it if I was eliminating it? And I'm like, well, I'm not trying to have you not eat strawberries and mango for your entire life. It's just to help reset your palate, get you used to not eating those super sweet foods, even the naturally sweet ones. People are only eating, you know, a few kinds of not so sweet fruit on the program. And you know, I want people to know it's not about a religion. It's not about, you know, you have any challenge is a great introduction and it serves a purpose. And we have to, you know, shepherd people into the rest of their lives and not make it feel like I'm either on or I'm off. And if I'm not on, I'm not good. Yeah. Or if I'm off, I'm bad. Or it's, I can't be healthy unless I'm on the program. Like I, that, there's nothing that bothers me more than people feeling like, they can't think for themselves and make choices that are educated and informed and that work for them um, without my rules. Like, Mm -hmm. again, you know, as a rebel, I'm like, don't, please don't make me give you the rules because, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's here. And I, I do find that people really like having that as an entry point or a bit of a reset, but I'm someone that pushes people away from doing the program over and over again. Like, There's, there's benefits and it's fine. No one should feel bad about that if you want to, but I also really want people to learn from it and pay attention while you're doing it so that you can learn. Because if you're just white knuckling it and like eating the foods and not tuning into what's happening, then you're going to white knuckle it and just either make it to the end or not, and then just come back and not get that level of attention where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. But by taking people through each day what I'm doing in this book and the journal section, which is like probably one of my favorite things because I ended up doing it last and it was, it ended up being something totally different than I was going to do. Um, I'm asking people questions like, or I'm having you fill in a prompt that says, (laughs) you'll love this. (laughs) I've discovered that I'm better than I thought at dot, dot, dot. And it's like, maybe you want to say making frittatas, but maybe you want to say something that's totally unrelated to food. And I'm getting you to tune in to things that are going on in your life that you can be really successful at and build that confidence. Because I think we have this like massive lack of confidence just going on in the world. And those of us who've decided to shrug that off and just do our thing, other people turn to us and they're like, how do you do it? I'm like, I just don't care what other people think. And I do my thing but I want other people to feel that confidence and know that, yeah, you can do this, but then you are also empowered after to make healthy decisions for yourself. You don't need me and my rules to be healthy for the rest of your life. So true. I, with the, um, cause we're also pretty perfectionists, right? So like so many people, I saw this a lot over the holidays with posts and just my challenge group. Like a lot of people are like, God, maybe next year I'll learn what all this food does for me. I feel like shit. I feel terrible. I, it's like, I don't, I still feel like there's something missing where, it, you know, I, I love this 
thing of like, when you're eating the food, are you around people you love? Are you appreciating the company you're in? You know, maybe it's not the best challenge approved food, but at least it's something that you're experiencing with other people. And the more you stress out about what you're actually eating, the worse everything becomes, whether it's stress or cortisol or digestion or lack of digestion. What do you say to people that are so, I mean, it's just that type A personality. I, I tend to do this too, where if I'm not perfect, why do it at all? Like all in, all out, all in, all out. Hmm. I feel like I tend to be, you know, it's, it's a funny question because yeah, I have this program and it has rules and obviously I want people to do it as written all in and do it. But because I'm such a big picture, high level, what is important in the scheme of life person, Mm -hmm. I also am like, okay, well, you accidentally ate some grapes and those aren't on the 21 day sugar detox. All right, don't do it again. Like it's not, let's not attach so much morality or shame or any of that to all of those things. Like be aware of what you're doing and learn from it. And, you know, from there, just kind of move on with your life. I think, I don't know. I don't know why people end up wanting to like dig a hole for themselves. Yeah. You know, I agree. I think it's this almost self sabotage Mm -hmm. that so many people hit. Right. So they feel like they're not worthy of a certain result or, and it's just, I wish people understood even before starting a program, how emotional it's going to be. So that was one of the things that when I asked people either why they've never done a 21 day sugar detox or why they didn't complete it, what was going on. And I asked people and it was three different mindset roadblocks that came up and I made a whole chapter on this. There's not a lot of like pre-reading in the book. Most of it's each day. You're just going to read what you need to know that day. Mm -hmm. And I want to give people information on a need to know basis because I'm sure you see this too. You can teach something, but until it's relevant and contextual for that person, Mm -hmm. it's like going right over their head or it's not like it's hard to understand. It's just it's not sticking because it's not relevant to them at that moment. It's not applicable for sure. Exactly. And so that's the reason why I went with each day. I was like, well, I'm going to tell you about this today because it's going to matter to you today. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that matters before you start is understanding the mindset and the three categories of roadblocks. One is a lack of support, which it's real, but it's also a mindset thing, right? Like you and I are saying, somebody could tell us what to do, but we are all autonomous humans, you know, we're adults making decisions. So lack of support makes it difficult, but whether or not someone is agreeing with you or doing it is, is not the deciding factor of you going to the store, buying the food, doing the thing, you know, Mm -hmm. but it, so it is a mindset roadblock. Um, the second one is other people's thoughts and feelings and, you know, I'm worried about what people will think, what, how will I answer when my coworker asks me, or it's easier just like not to explain things or any of that. And then, um, the third one is fear of failure. And, you know, what if I'm not perfect to your question? What if I slip up or lack the discipline or willpower? And what if I fail? And so I'm just breaking it down. Like, I'm going to talk you through all of that. And here's, I mean, there's nothing I love more than breaking people of their negative thought patterns. So <laughs> yeah. that's, you know, I think when you read, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, you can't help but be shaken a little bit and you're somehow assuming that if you fail, like if none of it's worth it, I'm going to talk you totally around that. 
Uh, it's so true because I think so many, it is the fear of failure more so than one and two. I think the third, it's harder to admit that it's on you that you are having a hard time with a program or sticking with the program, but don't be, don't, I think all of us face it. So when we admit it and we kind of sit with that uncomfortableness, that's when we see change. It's just so true. Like I get frustrated when people don't understand how the negative thoughts that are in their head are actually translating to the weight that's on their body that they can't get rid of, you know? Yeah, it's all getting in the way of, you know, they're letting perfect be the enemy of the good. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, there's just, there's just a lot going on. And (laughs) we're not psychotherapists. My sister is actually a trained psychotherapist and finishing this program. Yeah. She and I have so much in common. It's actually really funny. And she's writing two books right now. So the crazy runs deep in this family, (laughs) but um, I actually can't wait to bring her on my own podcast to talk about sleep because she's writing about sleep and insomnia. Isn't that fascinating? I I know. Sleep and insomnia. I can't wait for that. So interesting. But yeah, the fear of failure I mean, it's, it's a big one and I definitely, I don't want that to be a reason why people don't start, but I talk about different really practical tips, like focusing on right now, which is one of the things obviously with the book giving you each day, Mm. like, sure, read ahead if you want to, and you (laughs) like the overachiever, you want to read ahead and be prepared, but (laughs) you only need to really read what's happening right now today, like be Mm. in the moment, um, really focusing on your why. And that's super important for us as rebels, but everyone, we need to know why we're doing it. So for me, for example, with the training, my why was, it wasn't on point. Like anytime my why becomes somehow externally focused, like if I thought I needed to be quote in better shape before I'm on tour, I never follow through on that because I don't ultimately care what other people think of me or how they might judge me. I ultimately care that I feel really good and happy and healthy, which maybe it just sounds selfish, but like if someone's going to judge how I look, I can't be bothered with working out for that reason. I'm going to focus on the thing that makes me feel the best so that my presence is authentic. But anyway, flipping the script, like getting people to, um, in the moment where they feel like there's a food that's tempting, getting them to realize that it's really not that special, you know, like, that gluten-free donut, you can actually probably buy that again next week if you want. It's really not that special. Yeah. Um, and then like, I mean, I'm just kind of working through some of the fear of failure um, strategies, but the best defense is a good offense. Like you don't want to be worried about eating that thing, get it out of the house, you know? And that becomes a problem with the folks around you that you might live with. But frankly, we need to take control of our own lives, you know? And if yeah. someone's giving you guff about that, then and then they maybe are not the best in your life right now anyway. Um, the question for I have for you for being here now, be in the moment day by day, what are your tools that yeah. you do? Cause you have so many projects going on. You are about to go on tour. Do you have any like <laughs> self-care practices that help you stay in the moment? This is something I'm constantly working on. Hmm. Well, I don't know if this is considered self-care, but things that do help me focus when I'm feeling really scattered, um, work related. I mean, delegating and having a conversation with the women on my team, like, okay, here's what I need you to do. And here's why. And it might seem a little, I'm usually not a big micromanager, but if something seems micromanagey, I try and explain to them why, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I just need you to check in with me more because 
if I don't hear something, then it stays on my mind and stresses me out. Whereas if you just like update me, then I stop thinking about it. So yes. communicating more, <laughs> you know, with my team about stuff like that is big. And then honestly, I go in and out of being good with a to-do list, but when I find my stress level is really high, a to-do list really helps me where I can just get all the stuff that's, it's just, it's thoughts that are stressing me out because they're actions I need to take. But if I write them down, then I can cross them off and then I don't have to be stressed about it because it's right there on paper. I mean, it's actually one of the exact same things and one of the same strategies or tactics that I'm having people use in the program, um, in the daily guide, because I give you today's checklist. So you don't have to stress and worry. Like, did I prep the food I was supposed to prep? Um, was there something else I was supposed to do to stay on track with my meal plan or any of that? Like I'm actually giving you the checklist. If you're, you know, you're following along, then you know that you've got everything you need and you're going to be ready and nothing's going to be like left hanging to stress you out. So other than that, I try not to overcommit myself in the period of time, like before, you know, before leaving, basically it's like, I say no to everything. That's so smart. That's like the biggest number one, right? Brene Brown is so good at like addressing that, like the boundaries Boundaries. and for sure. I love that you said uh, just the to-do list. What I've noticed is most people's anxiety come from this things, the list in their head that they're constantly Mm -hmm. juggling, right? So if you just Mm -hmm. write it down, you instantly can, oh, it's somewhere safe. I'm not going to forget it. Instead of constantly saying, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. So Evernote, even though it took me a while to get used Mm -hmm. to it, Evernote has been like a really great tool for me to just help lower anxiety and then also get shit done. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, delegating for me is also really important because I do have a team and sometimes Sometimes I forget to delegate things that I should be delegating. You know, it's like, I need help because delegating is saying I need help and that's a hard thing to do, Mm -hmm. Um, but we need to do it. Yeah. yeah. And I, do you ever use, um, you know, my favorite go-tos right now, this is the, the hippie. So I don't know on the scale of your four crunch meter, uh, the frankincense and Palo Santo. Um, have you used either? I don't. One of my trainers was really big and actually into the Palo Santo and gave me a piece of that, but I'm, I'm kind of weird about scents. Like I'm really sensitive to smells and I prefer fewer smells around me in general. (laughs) So I'm like, (laughs) is that weird? Are you like, give me all the oils and scents and I'm like a... I don't like perfumes. I'm not into, like one of the reasons I don't like oils is that they're just very strong and I'm not against them in theory and, or, you know, or in practice, I'm not against what they can do. I just can't personally handle smells like that. Food is different. Cook some bacon and onions. I'm good. But a lot of other scents, I'm just very, very sensitive to and not, I don't like them. Yeah, (laughs) no, that makes sense. um, I, I have been told by an ex that I smelled like a cast iron skillet, like just full. Why did somebody tell me I spelled like bacon? I was like, you say that like it's a bad thing. I know. Yeah, I've like, had that before. You know, like an X also. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just totally it's like this random. <laughs> That's why they're my ex. <laughs> uh, but I was going to see. I exactly. Um, but I do take some supplements. Oh yeah. Tell me about, cause you just started an adrenal supplement that you feel like it's been um, helping. Yeah, I kind of go in and out of trying different things. And one that I've been 
using lately, um, well, there's two, there's one that's an adrenal recovery, like an overnight where you're supposed to take it after dinner and it's kind of a sleep recovery support for your adrenals. And it has, um, a couple of different types of mushrooms. So I don't know, do you do like, yeah. Them? Oh yeah. It's probably has reishi mushroom in it. Powders. Reishi and yeah. why am I blanking on the other? Um, not cordyceps. cordyceps. Oh, it is. Yeah, cordyceps. Cool. I think it's cordyceps. Um, so it has that. And I definitely find that that's been helpful in terms of my like physical manifestation of my mental stress for a while. I was feeling, I felt like it was this like vibrating, shaking something in my diaphragm, like wait at in night? the middle of my chest, just all day, literally a stress bubble all day, oh. um, physically there. And that was one of the reasons why I stopped doing a lot of training because I'm like, I actually feel like I'm running all day and I can't manage more mm. cortisol on top of that. So that feels like it's helping. I'm also taking one called stress response. They're both from Gaia herbs. I have no like association with them. I just tend to like the way that they blend things. And mm -hmm. I don't always need practitioner strength supplements. My system is extremely sensitive. So I have access to practitioner supplements. I've gotten them before, like designs for health and lines like that. But I do really well with just the stuff I can get at Whole Foods. And I love having that. So I have purchased extra so that I have that on tour. Some people might drink coffee before an event and I'm like, no, no, I'll be taking some magnesium and some stress reduction herbs <laughs> before my yep. event because my adrenaline is already there. I'm already like vibrating and ready to like go present. Um, so I always need something to just mellow me out. Yeah. Reishi's yeah. perfect for that. Reishi is such a good, um, if you ever, I, oh my God, I wish the video was on cause my cat's doing what he did in your podcast. I'm like, actually about to take a picture of the dog to send you. Oh my gosh. I gotta she's get... being ridiculous. Okay. He, he's just scratching my face, like gently, like mom, mom, um, Reishi. I love, I love rhodiola has been good, mm -hmm. but sometimes too much. So I wouldn't do rhodiola for you, but I love that you're doing preventative before you even start your tour because yeah. like, that's, and so many people it's like it's too late right so not too late but they're yeah. already in the they're already kind of in the the down they're already in the hole and so trying to get out is a little faster or a little harder than just preventative right. care it's like prenatal vitamins right so yeah like sort of and while I'm on tour I make very few commitments I mean I have people constantly reaching out like oh come to this restaurant do this and I'm like I do zero between my events I get food and I lay down like I really need to just recharge by relaxing and I can't have demands on my energy because I give everything I have for those two hours at the event. And then I can only be surrounded by people who understand that, you know, yes. and, yes. and people do get it, you know, but, and if they don't yeah. get it, then they're not in your circle. And on yeah. this just made me think of this, Diane, when we first met was our panel at Paleo FX mm. and that's when I think I fell in love with you because you were just like, <laughs> I, I don't remember what the question was from Michelle, but she, something about, you know, how do you help like the people around you? How do they understand what's happening in your life? And you just oh. were straight up like, I don't have them in my, my circle is small and yeah. that is it. Like I, I protect my energy and I had, that was what I was currently struggling with is just constantly giving, giving, giving. But I really do have that core group of people that understand when I need to check out, I have to check out. And if they don't get it, then they're not really worth that, that time and energy from me. Yeah. And then there are those people where like I can get dinner after an event and like 
there are certain people, I mean, this happened with us at the NTA conference last year, mm-hmm. where normally after a day like that, there is no socializing for me with people who have an expectation of who I am or what my energy is. But when I go and socialize with you or people who like just understand what I just did in terms of energy output, mm-hmm. I actually am fine. You know, like I just, this is a different thing. I don't know. It's like, yeah. Uh, you know, we I don't have to worry it. that I'm yeah. going to like say something or whatever. I know. It's just a, it's nice to find people like you. I agree completely. And also just random tangent. But when we were at dinner, remember how we were talking about our obsession with uh, cults and <laughs> Scientology? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Wade has sent you a podcast that you have to listen to. I know. I got it on my, he sent me an Instagram <laughs> message and I was like, okay, noted. I've, Trust me, I'm stocking up on things to listen to on airplanes. So I'm very excited about that. <laughs> I just saw him. So I thought I'd, I had to, I just was reminded of that. Well, this is awesome. I'm so glad you were able. I know you have a crazy schedule. I know you're coming to Denver, but your tours. Yes. Where can people find out about where you're going to be for this book tour? Um, all the information you can give. I know people want to connect with you and you're definitely in Denver and Boulder. So I want to make sure my, my tribe knows that they can come meet you. Yeah, definitely. So I'm on a really aggressive tour. So today, if you're listening when this episode airs, I'm in Orange County in Huntington Beach. I'll be in Montclair, New Jersey, which is near my hometown on January 5th. I'll be in the Philly area January 6th, then DC, Atlanta, Nashville, Kansas City, then Boulder and Denver. And those are the 13th and 14th of January, Boulder and Denver. And then I'm heading to all over the place, you guys, Sacramento, Phoenix, Dallas, Austin, and Houston, and then Salt Lake. And then I'll be at the Sundance Film Festival, just like hanging out and having fun for a few days. Yay, little vacation break. And then first weekend of February, I'll be in Portland, Seattle, and Tacoma with my friend Robin Euclid from Your Healthiest You, who's also rad, and you'll love her too. Um, but yeah, just I'm just really excited to share this new book because I think it takes it takes things i've learned in the last oh seven years but even the last four since one of the books the last books that i published for this program have come out and i've really taken things in a different direction to support people through it and you know honestly if they are if you're listening and you're doing emily's challenge <laughs> the daily information in this book can frankly help you through any nutritional challenge or change where you're getting rid of sugar and refined foods because your experience is going to be similar no matter what in mm-hmm. terms of what you're feeling. You know, we were talking about this earlier, but it's like days three through seven tend to be the hardest because that's when your glycogen stores run out and you're feeling depleted or, you know, you need to eat some more carbs or whatever it needs to be. And I just think you guys are going to feel very supported yeah. with each day, you know, rather than like, okay, I read the rules. Okay, there we go. Like. Now I do the thing. I'm on on my own. (laughs) Yeah. Just like on your own. It's so much more, you know, the dish from Diane every day where I talk about like, listen, here's what's going on, you know, really leveling with you. And I don't know. I just think you guys are going to love it. So I'm super excited to see people go through the program and be like, oh my gosh, you wrote that this was what I was going to feel today. And And then I I did. (laughs) And you know, it's like, I know girl, I got you. (laughs) I know. And especially the recipes, these, I mean, guys, these recipes are so good. It's your pumpkin pancakes and your, like your smoothies, they're easy. They're, I'm sure they're all approved for your challenge. Yeah, too, they are. They're, they're all just 
real food, you know? Mm-hmm. I love it. And, and I love, I, I just got the book, so I need to completely go through it, but even day eight, which is my favorite day. So I automatically okay. checked it. All right. The, <laughs> the digestion piece, like that's perfect. Like the, uh, yeah. the changes in our digestion and what to expect when you're changing your fuel source and all that is so good. Do you like how I write it as like, a serious backup or everybody out because those are like the two things that people experience. <laughs> so true. Everybody out. Everybody out. We talk about poop. We got to get used to we it. I love it. it. Well, Diane, this is so wonderful. I know you got to go. Um, I have one more question for you. Yeah. What is your spirit animal? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> why am I not prepared for these things? Um, I know I don't, I don't like preparing people because then they okay. overthink it and it's okay if you don't know. Um, I can help you find it. It has out. to be an animal though. Uh, it can't be Tina Fey because I feel like she's my spirit animal. <laughs> um, I think an animal. I, I, Tina Fey is a good one, but I do think that there is an animal. So okay. Just, all right. Here we go. Okay. I'm doing it. I think some kind of big cat, like a lion or something, because really? they're aggressive and they pounce and everyone's like, watch out. But I mostly just want to lay around and like be sleeping in the sun. Like that's what I want to be doing all the time. But when it's on, it's on. Mm-hmm. But like I'm picturing myself on tour and it's, I'm like Jekyll and Hyde. Like I'll be on at an event and I got my makeup and I'm talking and I'm happy and I'm totally loving every moment of it and talking to people. And then I'm like in my hotel, nobody bothered me watching Real Housewives <laughs> and like just hanging, you know? Yeah. So, but don't big cats do that? It's like either they're pouncing or they're yes. lounging. It's That's so me. fun because especially like cheetahs, like they only have so much, they go so fast, faster than any other animal. Uh-huh. And then they have okay. to, stop. they're just kind of, then they chill. That's why we love cats okay. so much. I think I'm a, I'm a cheetah. You're a cheetah. <laughs> <laughs> I will send the full description for you after. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. Well, from Griff and I, thank you for coming on. Cause he loves you and has been right next to me this whole time. I love it. Uh, and I can't wait to share this with everybody and best of luck. Everyone go visit Diane on her tour. She's all over the country. So Come see me. Yeah, come see her. Thanks for coming on, Diane. Thanks for having me.